Welcome to the latest episode of the Keeping Paced podcast. I'm your host, Mike Murrow. Jordan Guzder is my latest guest. I've known Jordan since meeting him at Fleet Feet over 10 years ago, so I've watched his running slash coaching journey for a bit now. We get into his journey to qualifying for the Boston Marathon, coaching runners slash Orange Theory participants, and dealing with a tough injury. Enjoy the conversation and enjoy getting to know Jordan. All right. Hey, Jordan. How's it going? Going well, Mike's going well. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. Enjoying uh, my last few days of break from uh, coaching. All right. Getting right back into the swing of things then. Yeah. 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 Monday. Well, school coaching, you know, CES starts Saturday, but, you know, coaching at the high school is back up Monday. Nice. Getting ready for Boston bound, I see. Yeah, yeah, that should be that should be fun. I'm not not doing Boston this year, but I'm excited to to help those that are you know going to be doing it. Yeah, that's cool. Thanks for doing this. Why don't you give people a little introduction on yourself? Well, my first name is Jordan, last name Guzder, middle name that'll I'm just leave that for your imagination. It starts with an S. Um, but yeah, I'm 43, Colombian, uh, love athletics, love sports, diehard Chicago, anything fan besides the team to the South, and uh, prefer uh, pan pizza, thin crust over deep dish. And I have a niece and a nephew that get me through the darkest times of any single day. The, uh, I, I laughed at the uh, pan pizza. Comment. Hey, I, 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 deep dish, there's too much cheese. I want more than just cheese, but you know, I'm not going to kick it to the curb. At least it's not Domino's. <laughs> What's wrong with Domino's? It depends on the evening, I guess, and how much I've had to drink. But, you know, Domino's is definitely, that was that college thing. Like, if it's there, I'll eat it. But I prefer Pequod's over Domino's any day. I mean, yeah, but Domino's is quick and easy, so I'm not going to hate on it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, we're we're also here to just talk about your endurance career. And you've got a, a, quite a, a wide ranging one. How did you... Um, how did you, yeah, how did you get your start with running? Because I know I met you when we, I started at Fleet Feet, yeah. but I don't know like how you got your start with running or really any like fitness in general. Um, I mean, I grew up, you know, as like the fat kid and, you know, just, you know, love playing sports, love playing basketball. You grow up in the nineties, you know, in the Chicago suburbs, you know, it's, it's, it's basketball world. Everything's around Michael Jordan. So that's where any kind of athletic or fitness, you know, desire came from. And as I got more, as I got into shape and playing basketball religiously, running was more just, you know, and, you know, ends to a means or means to an end. I forget which way it goes, but I just used it as like, okay, run a mile on a treadmill. This will help with running on the court. And it didn't happen until 2006 that my father, who's run three marathons, he was getting to it, you know, had a, was going to need a knee replacement as in school in Arizona, Bear Down in Tucson. And he asked me to come back during the summer, that summer 2006, to run a half marathon with him. And I had no desire really to run a half marathon. I didn't, you know, there was no, I wasn't going to win. You know, growing up in team sports, there's always a winner and a loser, unless in soccer, it's a tie. But I did not have a desire to do it. And, but him asking me to do it because I knew he liked running, you know, I felt like I needed to show him what I could do as a young pup. And I had no idea what I was getting into. I was, I got brand new shoes about two days before 13 miles. Um, they're the New Balance Zips. They looked really fresh and really cool. I had long basketball shorts, like mid-calf, like 
baggy shirt, you know, big headphones on because, you know, I, I had no idea what I, I wanted to look cool out there. Now I know I did not look cool at all. I looked like a, you know, total douchebag, but I had, I had a lot of fun. I did not know after, after about three miles running through the city, it was the Chicago distance classic, which then eventually went the way of the Dodo or the penguin, however you want to look at it. Cause that was the metal and it became, you know, the rock and roll. And now that's gone, but it was probably around mile four or five. I was like, Hey, this is, I, I'm, I'm having fun with the competition in my own head. You know, the, the, the words, the, the being like, what are you doing? You, you don't belong out here. There's not a basketball in your hand. And I was like, no, but I'm, I'm having some fun. Like there, there's a game within the game. You know, it's chess, not checkers. It was fun trying every mile to see what I could do. And even though people were running around me, not knowing who they were, I would still be like, hey, that guy, I'm, I'm going to outrun him. He's not going to beat me. And I don't know if he realized that or if he had his own game in his head. But after that half marathon, that got me into uh, into wanting to do more. And that was out in school in Arizona. Did a couple half marathons there. Still never wanted to do a full marathon. And then uh, when I moved back to Chicago and connected with Fleet Feet, and when you're around all these different runners and they keep talking about marathon this, marathon that, then you start thinking like, well, why not? And 2010 was my first marathon. And, uh, you know, Boston this last April was currently my last marathon and that was my 21st. So it's been a, a fun, fun, challenging, painful, happy journey. And there's so many emotions, as you know, through running that can just describe your journey in there. You know, there's a, it's a roller coaster of ups and downs and hopefully I get to get back up and do some of these races with you guys again. Yeah, that's a, I don't, I didn't know that story. That was interesting to hear that you, that's how you got started with, you know, your dad wanting you to do one. Did you, did you actually train for it? <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> nothing. I ran like three miles in the desert, like typical, like running with a, you know, cotton shirt that I got at school and I cut off the sleeves and, you know, I would do that and be like, I'm good. You know, if this, you know, 70 year old man at the time can run a half marathon, why can't, you know, a 26 year old like this is in the bag. It's in the bag. And then I drove back to Chicago from Tucson by myself. And on the way driving back, that's when I stopped at the New Bound store in Oro Valley and just outside of Tucson and picked up the New Bound zips the day they dropped. And I remember going into the store and the guy was like, well, let's size your foot. And I was like, I know I'm an eight and a half. Just please grab me an eight and a half. I'm trying to get Chicago. I'm in a hurry. Like a complete asshole to this guy. And now then when I'm work, when then I became an employee working at a, a boutique running store, trying to measure people's feet, I'm like, man, I didn't let this guy do his, do the job because then I lost a toenail and I thought that's what was supposed to happen. But my shoes were way too small. And if I told him I was doing a half marathon, he'd probably in a couple of days, he'd be like, do not use these shoes. They were not broken in whatsoever. And then Adam pits. Yeah, because this is this is back when you actually had the break in shoes. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, it was definitely like, you know, you needed more time. And then I had a pit stop visiting one of my uh, friends in Wichita, Kansas, before I made the rest of the trip to Chicago. And I went out for an eight mile run. Now, I've never run more than five miles at this point in my life. I decided to do eight miles. So I figured if I can do eight, I can do another five and crawl my way to 13. 
around mile six of this eight mile run in brand new shoes, my right leg seized up. I could not run anymore. And I had, and I, I didn't have a cell phone with me. I didn't know where I was. You know, there's no, I couldn't tell my friend Christian, Hey, come pick me up. I had to walk back a couple miles and I'm sitting there in pain being like, I can't run this half marathon. This is stupid. And you know, it was all those things that then doing the half marathon made it that more fun, like, and made me want to do more being like, okay, I did a lot of things I, I shouldn't have done. What, what, how would the race be if I did better? If I eliminated some of the things I shouldn't have done, and maybe if I included incorporated some things that would help benefit me during the run. And as you know, that you learn so much from a race that, you know, you never stop learning of like, shoot, I, I, I can tweak this a little bit or get rid of that a little bit because then as you get better you you have to change the game plan sometimes yeah exactly so i think it's it's pretty interesting you so you were able to get all of that from your first race even though you didn't really want to do it yeah there's a lot of things i haven't wanted to do in life and then when i do it like chemistry i was like oh hey this is actually fun in a certain way um and I just also liked being out there. Um, I don't know, my, my background in school was psychology. So I really enjoyed, you know, the mind, how the mind works. And, you know, the mind is, there's a lot of things the mind can go when you're running 13.1. And it can go in good places and go in bad places. And there were some parts I got to like revisit parts of myself, you know, almost like an out of body experience that I was like, hey, I, 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 I can get this high just from running. I don't have to do something else to feel this. Like this, this is kind of fun. What, what else can I feel from this? So it was, it was like a door opening and I did not know how much more was behind that door. And, you know, once that door gets wide open, it's almost just like you almost can't take it in all at once. And I feel every single race, no matter how small, how long, it's always a way for you to pull more from that door. You get to get a little bit to take in and harness for yourself, hopefully for the next race. And obviously you can use everything you learn in running outside of running too. So it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a journey. It's not a destination and it's, it's just been a lot of fun. Yeah, no, that's a, I think that's a really good message and I agree with you. And so, Oh, I, I always think of myself as a new runner because of that. I mean, I've been running for, 12 years now but like you said you're always learning and trying to tweak something as you know you get older you get better so something's always changing yeah uh so what was the what was your second race like so when you decided to do another half or did you do a half something else in between i did a 10 mile race back in arizona and in tucson and um this was at a time also i i didn't know any runners back in tucson so i would go to these races by myself at the time i was also you know in college and single and i was like well maybe i can meet someone through this and you know that ship didn't happen but i got to you know meet other people in different ways and i met some running friends and then they'd be like hey you know we're doing this race or there's this other race and you go to all these different races and you know there'd be people promoting different races and once i continue to you know get that itch i needed to scratch it and i was like okay let me do this half marathon let me do this 10k here you know there was a couple races in tucson where you're running sabino canyon you know during the sunset so you run up into the canyon 
And then you run back down as the sun's setting into the valley and it's really cool. And it was just very different running out there and then coming back to Chicago and being like, oh, there's buildings everywhere. There's not a cacti or, you know, a jackrabbit or a roadrunner. Like this is a different element. And it's a lot of fun. Like my first race back in Chicago was a soldier field 10 mile run. And that's what really, that's my favorite race every single year. Look forward to doing it this year. Haven't done it in four years. But that's what really made me enjoy the running community, at least in the Chicagoland area. How long did you stay out in Tucson before coming back here? Yeah, you know, I was out there for four years. So, you know, give or take maybe a semester of having fun. But yeah, it was just, uh, it was a great place to go to school, but it wasn't like, you know, unless I'm going to retire, it just, it, once school was over, it's like, okay, I need to, I need to come back here. Wanted to be around family. The Bulls just drafted Derrick Rose. So I was like, yeah, I should get back to Chicago. And how did you link up with Fleet Feet? Because since you like you, you didn't really know the running community very well, and you know, running yeah, at that was, point was still new to you. So that was still the same thing with Soldier Field. I came for a packet pickup at the um, Old Town location, just right by Second City, and the uh, in Tucson when I would go to different running stores to pick up something, it was very very small, and so the Old Town and Second City is huge so i walked in there and just there was energy there was a lot of buzz and that was contagious and then i was just curious about that because i was living in the suburbs at the time you know came back with the parents for the year to like pay off debt and whatnot and applied to fleet feet in lincoln square and uh you know that summer 2000 uh 2010 or sorry 2009 and then they asked me to come in for an interview and then the rest was history i didn't know it was going to actually you know working there was going to allow me to meet so many great people through the sport of running yeah it's it, i think this i think i think the same thing about me and like all the like we met because of fleet feet and then like all mm-hmm. the other people we know because of fleet feet it's kind of wild that one job kind of changes your life like that yeah, I mean, it's just like, and you, I mean, yeah, you know, you know, just like me, that you, you'll meet someone that you probably wouldn't have met unless you were working at Fleet Feed, and then good friends you wouldn't have met because the, you know, the common ground in the community of running is so inclusive of where it's like, you know, it's I, I, I'd hate this. I don't want to call it a fraternity. Because a fraternity sometimes to me seems like, you know, this is very, you know, hey, you're not allowed here. But there's like it, it's it's just like, yeah, it's still it's a community of like, you know, so like a melting pot of so many different people of so many different backgrounds, whether they're doing their hundredth marathon or their first 5K. And there's everyone can relate to each other. And there are some people that you will talk to and realize it's their first run and they might look up to you because they're like, whoa, how many races have you done? And it reminds you of when you were in their shoes. And it's kind of just like giving it back. I feel like the running community is so much of like, you know, know, like, like a give and give and give to the next person coming up that's trying to find the joy of the sport. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to look at it, and it, in a way, yeah, you said it is a, a small fraternity or sorority or however you want to call it, but just like yeah, a nice a nice a nice group that you know where where we're we're trying to be more and more inclusive. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 uh you know it's a it's it's been fun, and it's it's still I still hope it can be fun as uh you know all these uh you know as you know like with everything being canceled. <sighs> 
during quarantine and things slowly opening up like races wise, like it gave me a different perspective perspective on running because for about 10 years running was like, you know, every, every fall, Chicago marathon, Chicago marathon, Chicago marathon. It was a staple every summer training for a marathon, training for a marathon, training for a marathon. So that unfortunate event made me realize how much running has been a part of my life and also how much I enjoy it. And when it's gone, it's, it's not a good feeling. So it makes you appreciate, you know, something that's been in your life a lot more. And it's, it's, uh, running is just amazing. And, uh, I know we're, we're skipping ahead quite a bit. Cause I know you, you've, you've done quite a few marathons, but you, t- you brought up COVID and I know like you had a goal of doing your 21st marathon for in 2021 for Boston. Yeah. I mean, it was originally, um, my goal was to do my 20th marathon in Boston on 420, 2020. That was the original goal. And unfortunately COVID stopped that goal, but you know, then my 21st was in 2021 in Boston. Hopefully yeah. God willingly, there'll be a 22nd at some point. Yeah. That's so like, let's, Let's skip ahead. Tell me, uh, tell us a little bit about the journey of, you know, trying to qualify for Boston because I mean, 20, 20 marathons is a lot. Yeah. The, um, I mean, my first marathon in 2010, I was sitting down with my dad and I was like, I'm going to try and qualify for Boston. You know, at the point I was 30. So, uh, um, my dad is very much, you know, he's got two engineering backgrounds and he knew like, you know, okay, my son is probably, you know, delusions here and not actually sitting down and being like, well, let's look at the reality of the situation instead of just saying you're going to get to Boston. And we were going over the qualifying time and he was like, so you need to average this mile, you know, this time, every single mile. And he's like, is that something you can do now for 10 miles? And I'm like, no. It's like, okay, can you do that for five miles? No. So he's very much, you know, just like the father I've always had, really painting the picture and me realizing, okay, that's not going to happen this race. <laughs> and it, and that, you know, your first marathon, you learned so much. And I learned everything of what not to do. I basically did everything I should have done. Um, took off way too early uh, or way too fast, way too early and didn't hydrate correctly and you know, bonked, but it was a good learning experience. And I thought that marathon, it was supposed to be a one and done. I didn't want to do it anymore. But in the second year, uh, my sister got motivated from watching me do one. So she asked me to train with her and we signed up for a charity, a team in training and did that one with her. And I improved by one minute. I still wasn't able to beat Oprah. And so then my third race, I won an entry through Fleet Feet. And then I finally beat Oprah. I broke four hours. Three uh, weeks later, I went to D.C. and did the Marine Corps and even did better there than the one I did three weeks earlier. So I was like, wait, there's there's possibility here. I saw that I was I was getting better for some reason. That was it made me want to try harder and try harder and uh, and work smarter. So uh, it allowed and I enjoyed doing races also in different cities like that was just a lot of fun and at some point like i became a ces coach and that was a lot of fun giving back um to try to help people you know achieve their their marathon dreams and to continue building on it and then at one point um i started to ask myself what could you do if you did your training you know as as a coach mike you know that you can't always do your training when you're coaching so i will 
took a, I took a training season to kind of be selfish and, you know, hone on my skills while I was still coaching. I'd wake up earlier on Wednesdays and go out to the track and do my speed training there. And Wednesday evenings come and help at CES. And then I improved my marathon time by 30 minutes. I almost got to Boston at the last chance one. I missed it by a couple minutes. And, uh, it was the night before my father said to me, he was like, what's your, what's your best marathon right now? And it's like at 335. And he was like, what do you need? And I was like, I need to beat a 310. And he said, you're not going to be able to do that. And I was like, oh, okay, 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 okay. And so that fueled me and I got really, really, really close to getting it. But as you know, you can qualify, but doesn't mean you're it. So the next year I just tried a little bit harder. Those, you know, sprinting around Montrose check, you know, doing mile repeats is draining on the mind but it, it paid off. And then I qualified at, I, I, it was, it was painful, but I qualified and unfortunately wasn't able to do it in 2020, but my time still was good for, you know, in 2021, I'm sorry, 2022. And, uh, it, it was, it was worth every single bit of energy, bit of blood, bit of scrapes, bit of pain to do that race. Uh, not just with my girlfriend, but also just everyone else that was there uh, for that weekend. Boston is just a beautiful city in the Boston Marathon weekend. It's, you know, second to none. It is top notch, top class. And, you know, I'm excited for everyone that's going to do it again or doing it for the first time this year. It's 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 a beautiful experience. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool to to hear the journey. Where did you actually or did you qualify at Chicago? No, last chance. Oh, last chance. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So uh, for those that don't know, last chance, it's eight loops around the Fox River. I've done that race three times. It can probably round the fifth loop. You're like, please end, please end. But when I did it, it was it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of friends come out and cheer me on. My mom and dad came out, my sister, my brother-in-law, my niece and nephew were out. My niece was holding up a sign. She spent days working on it. And I just remember every time I came around, they were in the same area, like seeing them cheer me on. You know, I was like, I got to set a good example. I can't let my niece know I failed. Like, that's not good. That's not good. But um, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I'd like to be able, but I do love the the big city races, too. Like it's just the energy is uh, is amazing in Chicago. Yeah, and you're also totally right. That I don't know what it was about that particular weekend that we all did the Boston, but I know you got like squeezed out in October, and I know that frustrated a lot of people. But I'm glad you were able to to make it to the the April 22 one because that was that was a really fun day. Right. Yeah. Cause I definitely know the experience that people had when it was pushed, you know, in, uh, in October of 2021, um, that it wasn't the full Boston marathon experience. Um, like I, I heard like, you know, you would go to the start corral or people would just be like, run, just go, just go where this one was definitely like, it was amazing going out there and just realizing, wow, I got to walk like a mile to a mile and a half just to the start corral. I should have left a little bit earlier. Um, but the people out there, the energy was just, you know, it's, it was great. I thought the Wesley, uh, tunnel was going to have more people there, but it's also Easter weekend. Maybe people were gone, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I, I know I've said this before, but the, the October 
Boston. It was like special because it was in October and hopefully will never right. happen again. But it was it was not what Boston usually is. So I'm glad like you got the actual full experience of what the what race day looks like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just it was, it was awesome to finish. It was an awesome weekend. I know you were there. We went to, you know, the Red Sox game and it's just, you know, it every the whole city it's just like marathon, marathon, marathon. And I love Chicago I I love Chicago Marathon as my first one. And it's so many good memories running through Chicago. And you know, as you know, Mike, when you work at Fleet Feet, next thing you know, you're seeing everyone out there, like random customers that you've helped, random people on the race team. Um, and it just becomes so much fun. Definitely. And then so lately you've been how have you been feeling? I know you've been battling some injuries. So how's that been going for for you trying to get back to running it's hard i've gone through since boston 2022 i have not done a race i didn't run for about five months trying to go through therapy and shots in my hip and back um i've gone mris x-rays and it basically comes down to that because of the arthritis and the hip joint that they highly recommend i get a hip replacement so um, I got that diagnosis in September and I've been pushing it back. So I'm like, I, they're like, you know, you're so young, you will probably need another hip replacement, especially if you want to run. And so I've been trying to, you know, stretch more, do dry needling, you know, <laughs> go to holistic, you know, individuals in the woods to bless my leg, like anything that'll help myself avoid surgery. But it's coming to the point that, you know, I, I ran six miles the other day for the first time, you know, since Boston and it felt great, you know, but then I'll stand up and all of a sudden it feels like someone stabbed me in the leg. So it's, it's painful. It's been like this for a year now. And, you know, obviously I'm not doing Boston this year. I'd love to go out there and cheer everyone on. Uh, My girlfriend's going to be out there and it'd be fun to go out and eat as much lobster and not worry about it affecting race day. Um, But I'm probably going to have to have surgery you know, I'm hoping maybe I just do it this summer after I do Soldier Field. But, uh, you know, that's a, that's the price, I guess. You know, injuries happen when you're putting pressure on your body. And, uh, you know, it's going to it's been a challenge just try to try and have, you know, a positive outlook when I see so many people train and are doing something that I can't do right now that I, you know, used to be able to do, you know, all the time. And I have to take a back seat and I have to learn about um, the struggle to appreciate, you know, to be hardened through the struggle to get back. I've been reading uh, a couple of Kobe Bryant books, you know, of like when he went through his tearing his Achilles. And let me first say, I'm never putting myself on the same level of him ever. Um, but just going back, like him going through something to try and come back to a sport he loves um, cause he said in there, he did not want the injury to take him out of the sport. He wanted to leave the sport on his own will. And that's how I want to do it. Whenever I want to stop running, I want it to be because I chose to, as opposed to the leg made me stop running. So we'll, you know, to be continued, we'll see what happens. Yeah. That's tough to hear about. I didn't know you're, you were going to have to have surgery. Um, it's, what is, did they tell you like, what's the prognosis on, you know, what happens if you get the surgery, like is running they said possible sur- again? They, they said surgery. Um, you'll be walking out, you know, that day. Um, you'll start rehab right away. Um, you'll be good with running. I've talked to some other coaches like Chris Willis, who's 
had some friends that go through it and he's like, they come back to running, you know, they go through the training. They're great at, you know, but as they said, like a lot of hip doctors will be like, you really shouldn't run on it if you don't want to have surgery again. And if I had to have surgery again in, I don't know, 10, 15 years, it is what it is. But um, maybe by then running would end anyway. I have no idea, but I definitely would like to, if, if, things don't get better and surgery is the best option that I'll go through it. But, um, not something I want to do, but you know, like I said, it's even hard for me. I can't even sit through, you know, if a movie theater does not have the reclining seats, it's very hard for me to sit there with this hip. That sounds, that sounds brutal. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's not fun. Yeah. It's, but you know, hearing stories like that, it, it also makes me, I mean, not saying that I want to hear stories like that, but it, it does make me appreciate running more. I mean, I know I can complain, but it also has to be like, well, you know, there are a lot of people who would love to be struggling through, you know, a mostly pain-free run. So I try and like oh, yeah. reframe my thoughts that way after, especially after hearing like how much, like, even if you like go on a run right now, it's going to hurt afterwards. I'm lucky where I like, I don't really have that. Yeah. Like, you know, I, you know, Rachel will always be running and I'm like, Hey, you know, stretch, you know, recover do what you can. Like, I don't wish this on any runner that I've ever known. And, you know, it's, uh, I'm hoping that, you know, I, it's a setback. I don't, I don't look at it as, you know, an end all, you know, cause if I had that mindset, then, you know, I would, what I should have no business being out there running marathon anyway, because, you know, through training, you'll have the highs and lows and you'll have some setbacks. And, you know, if there's uh, diamonds are forged under pressure, I'm just, you know, under a little bit more right now. And hopefully the end will be worth it. And, uh, you just learn a lot from, you know, the experiences you go through. So, you know, it's, it is what it is, but, um, I also know, Hey, you have the option to get surgery and hopefully get back to it as opposed to, Hey, they say you're never going to run again. So, yeah, that's a good way to look at it too. And and it's also nice that through coaching, you're, you're still able to be a part of the running community, even if you're not like physically able to run. Yeah. You know, I, I obviously wish I could be running to set an example as opposed to being out on a bike and helping people. But, you know, if I can just, you know, if there's anything I can just give any new runners that helps even just one person, I'm like, okay, that, that was a good day that was a good day. You help someone out, you know, and as you know, from any kind of coaching aspect, if you get someone to get that aha moment, it's like, okay, it's worth it. And kind of through this, uh, how has coaching impacted your running or like how it's helping others? Like what have you learned through helping others? Patience. Um, you know, knowing that, you know, not everyone's going to get it right away. Cause I know I didn't get it right away. And there's still things I don't get that I'm still trying to learn about. Um, and a lot of like sympathy, a lot of empathy, like trying to understand, you know, Hey, maybe, maybe someone has something that went on today. That's not allowing them to run hard and that's fine, you know, but they're still out here trying they're, they're pushing through that struggle. And especially as being hurt now understanding like, Hey, I have my own struggles to go through and everyone else does, but we have that, that common goal, uh, to get, to get to a a certain event, whether it be a marathon, a half marathon, or, you know, for me, eventually running pain-free, you know, we all have that, that separate journey, but we're all can, we're all in the same, 
what is it saying? We're, we're, we're in the same ocean, but we might be in separate boats, but we're all trying to go forward. I think that's a, I think that's a good lesson. And I, I think it's right because I, I know I've gotten that from coaching the high school kids I coach is, you know, sometimes like I'll, I'll have a plan in mind, but I can see that they're struggling. So I'm like, okay, I got, I have to change what I wanted to do today. So you know, well, things, yeah, things will get figured out. Yeah. Adaptability, you know, as you said that there's, it's definitely one thing that I've learned, like, you know, as a coach, like to adapt how you approach people and also adapt your own training. And some days you might be like, Hey, I need to listen to my body today. I really wanted to go do a, a hard workout, but let me put that on the back burner. Let me rest for a day. And then you go out for a workout after a day of rest. And you're like, that was worth it. As opposed to work out every day must 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 do this and you know you got you got to listen to the body especially as you get older too very true and uh, one of the goals i've made this year uh for running really after i did cim in 2021 is just you know to be better about taking care of my body pre and post run because for a while there i I, partially i blame COVID really that i just got really lazy with certain things (laughs) yeah i mean i definitely did too because it's like yeah like oh you know i watch tv watch you know netflix for 10 hours i don't need to go i you know i had no idea we had no idea when things were going to happen again so it was you know, when you're training all the time and all of a sudden you're just stopped and you're like, I don't have nothing to train for, you know, wish I could have gone back and trained just for the day or just, just continue to run. But, you know, whatever, uh, you know, it's always 2020 hindsight. For sure. And and you're like me where, you know, both of our jobs are pretty much, we're on the go a lot. So, you know, during that time period, like stopping and doing nothing, that was, that was very just odd. <laughs> it is, is, is definitely odd. Even when now, like if I have three days off of work, I'm like, wait a minute, what do I do? What do I do? I'm like, dude, you had three months off of work. This is fine. Enjoy it. Yeah. I've, I've learned, I've learned to be better at that. <laughs> like this, the, the past two weeks, I haven't had to go up to Winneka to coach and I'm like, ah, you know what? This isn't, this isn't so bad. I can have the afternoon off, relax and just chill a little bit. Yeah, exactly. You know, do something, read a book, do something good for you. Yes. Reading a book. Yeah. I've been, I've been doing that a lot more, so I do need to be better about that too. Um, but along with, you know, coaching, you, I, you also do orange theory. How did, how did you get into that? Cause I know like you're, you're pretty into it right now. And I know you coach, is it the Roscoe village one? Yes. Yes. Roscoe so, yeah. village over there. And, uh, it's, you know, I was, I was living in a boy's town. I was got a couple of things on Facebook about orange theory. My cousin at the time was a coach over in South loop. And, um, I was just looking for something different. Like I would go to export to lift, um, and I would run, but I was looking for something like, you know, it's like group exercise. I don't know what this is. You know, I don't, I don't know. Let me find out. And I went and took a class and I had no idea what to expect. It was like, if they play pop Britney Spears music the whole time, I'm going to lose it. But it was, it was a lot of fun. And when the hour went by quickly, um, this, uh, coach Jamie Eschen, she was my first coach there. We hit it off and, uh, started to take more classes there. Um, and at the time I was, when I became a member, I was training for Chicago and she knew that. And 
selling her coach runners also through Chicago during sports. And she was saying that she was looking for a coach um, for Orange Theory and I thought it'd be interested. And at the time I was looking just maybe doing two, three times a week, like part-time. You're like, well, this pays for the membership. And uh, how hard can it be to tell people what to do as I get to play music in the background? Um, and then I went through training, became a coach and uh, yada, yada, yada. And I, now I'm a head coach over at Roscoe and been coaching from through them for five years, but it's been a lot of it's been a lot of fun. I've met a lot of great people through there. And I've met a lot of people that then, you know, wanted to go do the marathon. So now I train them at Orange Theory. Then on Saturdays, be like, okay, what are we doing for the marathon? What are we doing with CES? So it's, uh, you know, combining both worlds was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, it's gotta be really interesting. Cause I know, cause at the, t- you, I know at the time you were like trying to like maybe go back to school and then you like got, you did the old, got into Orange Theory. So it's, yeah, like you're trying to go back to where the journey, the journey has taken you. I mean, you know, I was looking to go back to be a physical therapist. Um, you know, just didn't work out. Third time I applied, you know, it's it was just it was it was almost like I mean, I'm glad where the journey has taken me. Um, you know, I can never I can never say that I wish the journey went a different way because, you know, then, then, then you're missing out on so much. Then what, what, what have you done the last couple of years for with, with regret? That's just, that's just a bad, you know, bad anvil holding down uh, your progress. And I just look at it as like, you know, this is just, this was just a different path. And that was, and that's fine. You know, I enjoyed going back to school because it allowed me to do some things, a lot of sciences that I avoided in my undergrad that I realized, hey, I can actually do good at this if I focus a little bit. Um, and then one of my biggest fears is talking in front of people. And as coaching at Orange Theory, I have a mic on and I have to listen to my voice and I have to talk to people for, you know, four hours a day. And so going back to school and challenging myself with certain classes I avoided now allowed me to be like, hey, if you did that, you can do this. And even going back to school, it'd be like, I did a marathon. I can do this. So once again, running has just allowed me to conquer some fears and use that um, and conquering other fears. So I, but to answer your question, I've, I've enjoyed the journey and there's, there's no regret where the journey has gone. Yeah. I, what is, I've never been to a class before, but I've also never coached one. So, and then on top of this, you, you know, you, you mentioned you had a fear of, you know, public speaking. So what is coaching a class like? Um, It's a lot of fun. It can be nerve wracking if you're doing it for the first time because you're so worried of making someone's workout not fun. Um, But once you get into it, the repetition and knowing how to uh, implement the template for members to understand, then you have fun within there. So I always look at it as like cooking. And God knows I'm not the best cook, but my goal is to make it edible. And once I can make chicken edible, then let me spice it up a little bit. So let me make sure the workout is good. And then as I get used to it, now let me add my flavor into it. And is my flavor the best for everyone? Probably No, some people like it. Some people don't. Some people like my music. Some people don't. Um, but one thing I'll always try to give them is nonstop energy. I'd rather someone say, hey, you had too much energy instead of saying you were very vanilla, you were very bland. Um, and 
just hoping people can, you know, in, enjoy that energy for their workout, whether it help to motivate them or even distract them from the workout because some people don't want to be there. But if they're distracted from it, that hour goes by. Um, and it's a great way to connect to a lot of people um, that I might have not been able to connect to without uh, being able to coach them through it. Yeah. One of the things I know I wanted to ask you is, is the music. And I, I know you have like more of like a metal, like punk like preference. So what goes into, you know, making an Orange Theory playlist for you? Um, you know, really knowing hey, who's in the class. Like as I've been there, I get to know like my members. I'm like, hey, depending on the time of day, there's people that love the 90s throwbacks, like stuff from, you know, B96 and jock jams, you know, back when hip hop had two artists, you know, trying to kill each other at their real life, as opposed to stabbing each other over Instagram posts. Like they enjoyed the more real stuff back then. Um, and it's, you know, and then some people are like, hey, like some people I know like the metal, some people like alternative music. Uh, some people are like, hey, we love it if you play, you know, some Celine Dion. And I'm like, well, great. You can't always get what you want, but I'm always trying to make it for, make it fun for everyone. You know, if there's a, if, if there's a song that at least every member in there can be like, I enjoyed that, then I feel like at least there was some good energy because God knows if I'm running on the treadmill and Backstreet Boys comes on, it's hard. But then all of a sudden after that, Rob Zombie comes on. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That was worth it. I got what I wanted. Excellent. I can go through the rest of it. So on just choosing the playlist, just I just wanted to make it energetic for the workout, especially if some workouts are a little tougher than others. So the first time you coach a class, is one made for you or did you did you have to make that one? And one was uh, you know, you have a thing called Rock My Run where um Orange Theory works with them and they splice the music together and you can't you can choose the playlist, but you can't choose the order of the songs, at least through there. Now, if I was doing through Spotify, then I could make my own playlist. The only thing with Spotify, it plays the entire song. And sometimes sometimes the end of a song can be very low as it's fading out where I've asked someone on the treadmill, I want you to sprint right now. And it's hard to sprint as the song is going down in energy. Um, but once I was able to, you know, use different apps on a phone to make, you know, certain playlists and splice them together, it becomes a lot of fun because you're trying to make it almost like to match the timing of the template, but then that can be overwhelming. And then you just want to play music that's already been chosen and you just got to choose which one, which playlist, you know, to match up once again with the template, once again with the members there and something that as a coach that I can have fun with too. Most of the, most of the members see me walking around and singing the music, you know, so it was nice when I had to wear a mask because then no one could tell what type of music I actually knew the words to. <laughs> oh, okay. That was definitely something I was like very interested by because, you know, I know your, I know your music taste and, I know. I didn't know if that, like, you know, led itself to an upbeat Orange Theory class. Well, you know, you know, Rage Against Machine will make an appearance once in a while, but you know, there'll be other things where I'm like, hey, Whitney Houston, Whitney Houston's coming on, like, where I'm like, hey, they're loving this. I'm like, I know the words of this. Like, I could run to this. You know, you know, that's why sometimes I'll also go and work out on the side where I'll be like, hey, I need my strong angst music right now, but you know. Um, I'll pepper it in there once in a while. Everyone has their personality that shines through their music. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, okay, so I have, I think, 
Pretty much, yeah. Just one last running question before I ask you sure, a few sure. others. Um, sure. And I know you're. We talked about it a little bit when we were talking about your injury. But do you have uh, future running goals? To get back, uh, to totally get back to running. I, I don't want to. I don't want to run a mile. I'd run a two miles. I, I don't want to run ten miles. I, I want to get back to running marathons, and I want to get back to running marathons competitively, so I can get back to Boston. Um, I know I could do a charity. Um, I just have a very stubborn, uh, athletic personality where I'm like, you need to, I need to get back to where I'm, I'm trying to qualify for Boston that would, and I know that's not an easy thing, uh, right now. And, um, but I, 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 I relish and I, I relish at the challenge, you know, the, every single day I try to go work out. That's, that's my focus. I work out with a Boston, uh, Red Sox hat on with the area code. Uh, so every time I'm staring in the mirror, I know that that's, that's my ultimate goal is to get back there. You had such a fun journey to get there and you have a different journey to try to get back there. And, uh, yeah, it just, that, that's my ultimate goal. Get back to running, you know, get back to the six one seven and and run that marathon again. That's my, that's my goal right now for running. Yeah. That's, that's a really good goal. And, and I know I, I'm not doing Boston this year. And I'm like, but in my head, I was like, man, I'm really, I'm really privileged to be able to like turn it down. And, and then when, then here, after hearing you like talk about just like wanting to get back, I, I like know how lucky I am just to be able to be like, yeah, I'm not going to do it this year. Yeah. You know, I, I want to almost come to the phone and beat you up. Be like, you gotta go do it for me. Gotta go do it, man. <laughs> but I also, but I also understand, like, I mean, you, you've done it before and you have, and you have those different goals and Obviously, like I'd love to do Soldier Field this year. I'd love to get back to just, you know, obviously I'm going to have to do a marathon before I can even start getting back to, you know, trying to get faster to qualify for Boston. So um, I I, I haven't raced since Boston. And so I guess, you know, the most immediate goal um, would be to do another race, like go out there and run with people around me because I miss that. Yeah, I definitely I definitely get that. And um, to, you know, transition into like non, well, it can be running related, but Mm -hmm. I always like to ask people, you know, outside of the fitness world, what kind of things do they do for fun? Um, I I love, love watching movies. I, I, you know, I I grew up on, you know, during the 80s and 90s and probably more movies than books I should have. But I love watching movies. I love you know, spending time with my family, my niece and nephew, you know, just this last Christmas, just hanging out with them. It's just, it's just, it's fun seeing them and what their goals are is to, you know, put together the toy they just got. You know, I love seeing the simplicity to also remind myself that, Hey, this, you know, life can be a lot more simple than complicated. If you, you know, if you take that approach to it. Um, and I do, I, I love exercising, even just, just for my mind. I, I love going and challenging my body and seeing what I can do. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like it's, you know, there's, uh, I dated someone once who didn't really enjoy my, my drive in running. And she was like, if, if running was taken away from you, who would you be? And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I am who I am, you know, I'm a, I'm a great brother, sometimes a great son to my family, but, uh, an even better uncle. And I know who I am without running, especially now, but I also know 
who I am with it. And it's, it's a, a more positive outlook, uh, with running. So I really hope to get that back. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping you get back there, you know, and healthily. So it's not, so it doesn't be yeah. like a huge struggle. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get back into a race and be like, Oh great. Now I'm in pain for a month. Yeah. <laughs> that would, that wouldn't be ideal. Um, yeah, but I what, what, what oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, what's a, what's a movie you've seen recently that you've liked or something that you're look, looking forward to? I'm going to go with my guy friends on uh, Monday to watch uh, the new Avatar. Um, I'm a big nerd at heart, and I love all these comic book movies and stuff. Um, the most recent movie that I've probably seen that I've really enjoyed, um, trying to think movies-wise, I don't know, I, I've... I watch a lot of dogs and so sometimes whatever streaming service they have, I just see what's on. And I've noticed in probably in the past two months, I've seen Moneyball about six times and I've, I've really enjoyed, I really enjoy that. I really enjoy uh, the message, especially at the end of, you know, hitting a home run and not even realizing it. Um, whether it be like, you know, Hey, you might not be where you want to be athletically, but you just had you just had a member come up after your class and said you really helped them with their deadlift or they got better at the rower because they used a tip that you gave them. So I'm like, Hey, that's my home run there. You have your own one you're trying to get, but also helping someone else. I mean, that's, that's what coaching comes down to. So, um, anytime I can do that, that is great. But if there is something besides, you know, any movie, I really enjoyed the show Wednesday, very surprisingly on Netflix. So, Shout out to anyone that has not seen that. Go watch Wednesday. It's a great eight episodes of fun. Yeah, I, I have not seen that. And, you know, I'm not super intrigued by it, but people love it. And neither was I. I was like, I'm not big in the Adams family, but it was like, oh, I can get behind this for eight episodes. This is great. But yeah. Yeah. Like I am looking forward to whenever the new Apollo Creed, the new Creed comes out. I, 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 oh, I yeah. It. I got to rewatch yeah. Creed 2. Creed 1 yeah, is awesome. I'll, yeah, I only seen the second one once in the theater. I got to rewatch that with, you know, Drago's son and their thing. And uh, yeah, because that was the last one with Rocky. So it's like, OK, cool. Like they're moving on. Well, I, I hope they don't kill the series and like three is the last one. I was like, don't. Yeah. Don't make too many of these. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. I mean, the next one you have, I mean, so Michael B. Jordan, but the main antagonist is uh, I forget the guy's name, but he was in, you know, he's playing uh, King. And the King, the Conqueror, and all the Marvel movies. I forget. Uh, Jonathan Majors is that his name? Jonathan Majors. I'm not sure. I I I got so sidetracked with the Marvel movies, and so I lost. I like don't know who anybody is yeah. anymore. Yeah, but in this movie, like the third one, I don't know. I've seen the previews. He's basically like he's coming back from jail to try and take life from Michael B. Jordan. You know, Creed, because he's like, I took the fall for you. I spent time in jail. And look what you became. Well, I'm hungry. I'm coming back. So it almost reminds me of Rocky Three, where he thinks he's on the top of the world. And Mr. T's like, yeah, that's your problem. You think everything's good. It's not for me. And I'm hungry and I'm coming for you. So you better watch out when there's blood in the water. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, this is like this is a question I just thought of because you, yeah. you reference Rocky. Is this has to be one of like the most untalked about successful movie series there's now eight movies seven if you I mean, want to get rid of rocky five <laughs> <laughs> it still has its part in the series it is you know it's 
stinks to go from Rocky four to Rocky five the way it was, but you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful series. I love watching the movies before I, I, I run there. Sometimes I'll be on the elliptical and I'll just start watching the Rocky movie being like, I just need to get to the montage. Like there's such good, 80s cheesy music and even the creed movies now like yes i need to go watch creed 2 again you make me want to do that um because it's just so it's just it's as you said it's a top franchise out there and anyone can relate to you know battling through you know any type of uh, negativity right and then final question for me yes uh we've talked i've mentioned your music preference a lot so I, i feel like i should i feel like i should ask uh, what kind of music do you like listening to, or or specifically, what are some of your who are some of your favorite artists? Uh, Rage Against the Machine, The Machine, Nine Inch Nails, Smashing Pumpkins, uh, Pink Floyd, Queen. Um, yeah, really anything that was on Q One One back in the day, and you know, hip hop wise, you know, I love All Eyes on Me, Tupac. You know, Biggie's good, Nas is good. Um, anything, if I go to a show and there's good energy there, like I, I love prodigy crystal method. Um, sometimes some of the trance music and house is good. Um, if there's good energy behind it, like sometimes I just want to listen to, uh, the last of the Mohican soundtrack because it's just like a build. It's a build or like the dark Knight rises soundtrack, Batman version, you know, Hans Zimmer's a great composer to get the, get the music building and sometimes when there's no words you put your own words to it and you start making it you know this is my own montage so let me have some fun do you play any instruments i don't think i've ever asked that uh i played clarinet for six years and then grade school but then i transitioned to drums so i'm sure my parents didn't enjoy that but i love love watching the drummers at any concert i go to I, I do love the drummers. I've always preferred more of the bass and wanting to learn the bass for whatever reason. But drummers are fun to watch because to me, they're like some of the most coordinated people I've ever seen. Yeah, you got to see like seven moves ahead <laughs> as you're going around. I've wanted to play bass, too, because, you know, it's still with the rhythmic section and with the drums like they they operate like, you know, together. Um, just never, just never got into it. I bought a guitar during COVID. I played maybe I learned one tenth of a Smashing Pumpkin song, and that's I haven't touched that thing since 2020. So maybe I'll dust it off. <laughs> you should get back into it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. All right, Jordan. Um, thanks for taking time out of your your afternoon to join me. Is there uh, is there anything else you'd want to bring up, or like a message you want to leave people with? No, I mean, I, I've actually enjoyed this, Mike, because it's just, you know, I respect you as a runner and a, and a person and a friend. And it was nice hearing and also you asking certain questions that also made me think about, you know, certain things in my current situation that, you know, um, but, you know, when it, when you're an athlete and you're injured, it can it can be hard. But also remember, as long as you have a good network around you that I'd affiliate you with, especially with running. Uh, CES racing team, Boston bound, like it, it can, it can help you get through stuff. So, you know, if, if any athletes out there ever having, you know, trouble, you know, getting through workouts, getting through, you know, life, you know, talk to your teammates, you know, they will help you through it. Yeah. That's a good place to end it. And uh, hopefully uh, I'll, I'll see you. I'll, I'll see you soon at one point. 
yeah, I'll see you on racing team for some things, not running soon, but uh, hopefully soon. All right, man, take it easy and uh, have a good rest of the day. Hey, you too. Happy Friday. All right, see ya. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join me, Jordan. I hope you get back to Boston healthy and enjoy running for a very long time. Thank you all for listening. Don't be afraid to DM me a guest suggestion as well. I'll talk to you soon.